0: this is the hunt for wellness podcast with nick turkis 45 wild turkey it's another great day for wellness and this is bones bringing the packs of f3 nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom, and we have a great show for you today. I had the privilege of sitting down with Nick Turkis, who is a 21 year veteran of the Arthritis Foundation, where he currently serves as Director of External Affairs. And Nick and I get into a great conversation about exactly how prevalent arthritis is, the different types of arthritis and what you can be doing to ensure that your health is optimal throughout your entire life. We talk about how staying active is more important for arthritis than being sedentary, just how prevalent it is and what you can be doing to prevent it, why exercising incorrectly can be devastating to your joints, and what key dietary changes you can make to prevent and improve Arthritis, pain, as well as so much more. And be sure if you enjoy this episode to help spread the word by letting other PAX members know about it, uh, your friends and family, as well as social media. And now for today's health tip. You know, one of the things I hear a lot from clients is how do I stay healthy and on point with my nutrition when I eat in restaurants? In fact, many clients find that lunches and dinners, as well as travel, make up a substantial part of their meals, so they want to know what strategies they can use to stay on track. Well, failure to prepare is preparing for failure. Reviewing a menu before going to the restaurant is a great strategy when it comes to making better food choices. By reviewing it beforehand, you can study the options and determine what items fit within your guidelines. This will also prevent making a hasty decision or one that is influenced by others. Avoid the bread basket. If possible, ask the server not to place the basket on the table. Bread is empty calories designed to make you feel hungrier. Refined carbs quickly turn into sugar during the digestion process and will create inflammation and often stored as fat. Choose a meat option. Avoid dishes loaded with pasta, rice, and other carbohydrates. Red meat is typically my go-to, but I also enjoy duck, salmon, and pork. Evaluate how the meat is prepared. Avoid breading, frying, and tons of sauces or cheeses. Substitute the starchy side dish with vegetables. French fries, baked potatoes, rice, and pasta are carbohydrates that will quickly turn into sugar in the body and will sabotage your health. Asking for extra vegetables is typically granted by most restaurants and is a great way to avoid the temptation. Be wary of salads. All salads are not created equal. Just because it's called a salad doesn't mean it's healthy. Most salads are loaded with unhealthy dressing, bread products, cheese, and even sugar laden ingredients. If a salad is what you desire, make sure it has non fried protein on it and plenty of vegetables. Avoid the croutons and get the dressing on the side. Optimal choices include olive oil and apple cider vinegar. Dessert. Do I even need to talk about it? Yes, you will want to avoid it most of the time. That's, of course, unless it's chocolate, because everyone knows that chocolate is a health food. So listen, if you rarely go to restaurants or you're out on a special night with your wife, then by all means indulge. Have a cocktail. Enjoy the bread and other dessert. But if you are dining out multiple times a week, then implementing these strategies is a great way of accelerating your nutrition. Now for today's episode. All right, welcome back to another Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tuna Sunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. I am super excited about today's podcast and our topic, and I'm joined with none other than Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey, welcome to the podcast.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So Wild Turkey, I, lo- I love that name. You're going to have to give me a little context, What you know, wh- why they named you that, and a little bit about where you
1: post in the gloom. Absolutely. So uh, I am Nick Turkus is my hospital name. So uh, with a name like Turkus, I've actually been called key uh, since kindergarten. And I would have been shocked if I didn't have some sort of turkey related uh, name. And uh, yes, so the packs were feeling extra creative and came up with uh, wild turkey. I will say that in when I Post uh, or you know market any of my workouts, I always sort of emphasize the turkey side and not the uh, not the whiskey side. Not that there's anything wrong with a, an occasional drink, but uh, yes, yeah, so I've really sort of embodied the whole. The turkey spirit so I, I i love my name so i got i got lucky for sure <laughs> absolutely
0: so right. nick turkis uh are you living where are you living at now
1: i live in i live in charlotte so i live uh in in uh south charlotte so we i have literally drive past some aos to go to a favorite you know we have a, a, we're a really blessed with a lot of great places to work out and a lot of packs i would i post 5 to 6 days a week i boot camp i ruck i run um, i kettlebell i like sort of to do all of the things i recently completed the Um, mothership uh, Grow Ruck here in Charlotte and uh, trained up with for nine months uh, doing Pathfinder Ruck training and uh, came in a little nervous but absolutely left uh, invigorated and was just loved that event and felt I was worried that I was going to feel pounded down and beat up but the leadership and the camaraderie of the whole event just made me feel like so accomplished and I was just you know was on a high after I finished that 16-hour event it was just it was worth every minute of it and I I highly recommend anybody take on a challenge like that it was it was uh life-changing so go for it
0: Fantastic, man. Well, and that is quite an accomplishment. I've I've done a couple of go rucks personally. I've done one grow ruck. I had the opportunity to join the guys down in the Grand Strand this spring. And uh, as you probably know, I'm I'm somewhat native to Charlotte myself. I was actually DR that weekend okay, uh, of yeah. the mothership. Uh, I certainly was looking forward to that, but I heard it was quite a hot experience.
1: Uh, Ooh, I heard, uh, heard I mean, quite a few guys
0: struggle through that.
1: <laughs> we're going to talk about some medical stuff today, but I mean, seeing, you know, 10, 10 drops in the first couple hours, you know, you started the second guess, you know, what have I signed myself up to? But it was so hot. And I remember thinking the packing list saw that packing list with six liters of water. And I thought, what the heck, who needs that much extra weight? But I'll tell you what, we drank every drop and then some, I mean, it was roasting, roasting, roasting hot, you know, the first couple hours and uh, yeah, you needed that hydration for sure.
0: <laughs> I got you. Well, what an accomplishment, any plans for future ones?
1: I, I would do it again. I honestly would. It was, um, it was such a great feeling. Um, you know, it was all the right things about F3, and you know, I just uh, just really appreciated the cadre for putting in the effort to plan. You know, put and the volunteers that put in the the planning for the event. So yeah, it was uh, spectacular. Really, really awesome. well done.
0: Well, we're here today to talk about a specific subject: uh, arthritis. And Pax, that may be something you might be scratching your head with, uh, you know, asking yourselves, well, why are we talking about arthritis? Sitting at an old person's disease? And what we really want to kind of bring to light is, A, that it's not just one demographic that's affected by arthritis, and that there are strategies uh, around arthritis that we all can be doing to not only alleviate some of the issues with that, but more importantly, things that we can be doing on a day-to-day basis to prevent it. So if we're mm-hmm. looking forward thinking, if we're looking about how do we maximize our life and health long-term, you're going to want to stay tuned to some of of the conversation we're going to have today. So we're going to talk about arthritis. So help us, Wild Turkey, understand kind of what you do for a living, why you're so passionate about this subject matter.
1: Sure. So uh, I work uh, for the Arthritis Foundation. So that is the largest a voluntary health uh, uh, agency that's dedicated to the prevention, control, and ultimately a cure for arthritis. And I've been there for 21 years. So I have started at the, the local level. Um, I actually started in Ohio, um, program director uh, health fairs and doc talks and have moved my way Uh, up uh, through the organization. And now I'm at the the home office, our national office, and I work on the mission team. So I work on designing and and, uh, evaluating programs for for people with arthritis. I work primarily with public health organizations, academic institutions, other national nonprofits to try to bring awareness, uh, resources, programming uh, to to shared audiences through collaboration. I'm really, really passionate about arthritis because um, even though I've been doing this work for so long, uh, your introduction was spot on when you said, you know, a lot of people don't realize how prevalent or how serious arthritis is. You know, arthritis sort of gets this reputation that, oh, you know, it's just minor aches and pains and it's more of an inconvenience. And it's typically something that happens when you're well past your prime. And so, it's inevitable and there's nothing I should really do about it and I'll just you know deal with it when I'm in my rocking chair and and the reality is is that a is prevalent 54 million Americans so about one in every four adults one in every four have uh, been diagnosed by a doctor a healthcare professional that they have arthritis so a it's prevalent and b it's serious it's the number one cause of disability in the U.S. and it's the number two cause of work-related disability Um, and then for the packs, I would tell, I would argue that one of the main reasons that you are uh, sidelined from posting is because of musculoskeletal injuries. You're probably not going to miss a workout because you have high blood pressure or because your sugar's high or because those things, those things are all super serious, but that knee, that ankle, your shoulder, right? I bet you there are some guys that have some sore spots, and that musculoskeletal pain may be minor arthritis. It may be musculoskeletal issue that could lead to arthritis. It could be because of poor form and malalignment that is going to put you at a higher risk of injury. Those injuries can put you at risk for future arthritis, um, uh, twisted ankles, and and traumatic, um, um, you know. Uh, injuries can lead to arthritis so arthritis is something that should be on our mind because um, it that the seriousness the prevalence and just doing what we do and i absolutely will say this over and over again my advice is to continue to keep yourself in motion keep pushing forward keep accelerating because An active body is actually much, much better at preventing arthritis than a sedentary body. So um, it is a move it or lose it situation, uh, uh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's interesting to hear about the burden it has on our society. The fact that it's the number one cause of disability, number one cause of disability in the workplace and and the millions and billions of dollars of lost productivity on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis that I'm sure that we see as a result of, you know, what a lot of people, like we've already mentioned, putting the back of the mind is this minor, you know, right. uh, uncomfortableness or, or whatever. And I like the fact that you brought up the the reality that many times we choose not to post or work out because of aches and pains. And we often just kind of brush that aside as just I've overdone it or I have a little mm-hmm. soreness here and not really look at the reality that it could be something underlying that's only going to get worse with time if not properly diagnosed or treated. And so I thought that was a good reminder that you had. Now there's different types of arthritis, correct? I mean, a lot of times people think of arthritis as the old person's disease because their bones are breaking down or joints are breaking Mm -hmm. down. Kind of walk us through some of the different types of arthritis there is and what we should be looking for.
1: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. And it's, it's super important because a lot of times when you have aches and pains, you sort of say, well, oh, you know, or folks will say to me, they have arthritis. And I often will say, well, what type of arthritis do you have? Because there are actually more than a hundred forms of arthritis. Now, some of them are very rare, but the biggies, the biggest is osteoarthritis. Osteoarthritis is what we typically think of as uh, arthritis. It's that uh, wearing down of cartilage, right? The cartilage is that um, rubbery, slick surface that covers the joints of our bones, right? And that cartilage beca- can get pitted, frayed, torn, worn down. Think about the asphalt on some of our highways where it gets potholed. And if, the, if that cartilage is worn away um, and you have bone knocking against bone, if you've ever heard bone on bone arthritis, that really is, you have nerves in your bones and that's extremely painful. Uh, We know osteoarthritis can be caused by a couple of different things. Um, It can be caused by genetics, you know, some people just develop uh, osteoarthritis more likely than others. Uh, We see this often in hands. um, In particular, Uh, also osteoarthritis is caused by um, uh, injury. So My father was in a traumatic car accident in the in the 1980s, and and his he you know broke his legs, his ankles, and his and now uh, years later that developed into arthritis that was so severe that he um, had to quit doing you know his job, which was on his feet, um, working uh, for a family business, um, actually making making sausage and kibbasi and things like that, but thinking about carrying heavy loads of meat, um, you know, and he just couldn't do it anymore. So that those car accidents, those serious trips and falls can result in arthritis, and it uh, can be caused by overuse and abuse. Guys that are working in agriculture, manufacturing, doing the same type of job over and over again. And then lastly, uh, being overweight, you know, uh, for <laughs> if you have extra stress uh, on your joints because you're carrying extra weight around. In fact, for every one pound of, uh, of, uh, that you are overweight is an extra four pounds of stress uh, on, on your knees. So um, losing just 10 pounds can take a lot of stress off your knees. So you don't have to lose tons of tons of weight um, to see some results, but being overweight is definitely a, 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 a possible cause of osteoarthritis. Now, some of the other forms of arthritis are things like rheumatoid arthritis, and rheumatoid arthritis is a very, very different disease than osteoarthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis, the culprit is your immune system. So your immune system, it normally protects you from germs and bacteria and viruses. It makes a mistake. Instead of attacking those viruses and bacteria, it attacks your, your, your body's tissues, the lining of your joints. And if left untreated, rheumatoid arthritis can lead to total disability. It can cause to deformities in your, your hands and feet in particular. Years and years ago, when I started the foundation, 20 plus years ago, we used to see a lot more of deformity in hands and feet because they didn't have a lot of treatments. Now, the good news is that there are a lot of things that we can do for rheumatoid arthritis. We don't have a cure, but we have a lot better treatments and we don't see those type of, we don't see the same amount of, you know, people being wheelchair bound and and having those deformities that we used to. But just like you said, you know, if you have constant chronic pain, Got to get to a doctor. Got to get to a healthcare professional and get it get diagnosed because the longer you go untreated with some of these diseases, especially autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus would be in there. Ankylosing spondylitis, which is arthritis, you know, is basically rheumatoid arthritis of the back. Um, things like scleroderma, um, skin, you know, issues with your arthritis, psoriatic arthritis. Those are serious issues that need to be handled by like a rheumatologist and rheumatologists are um, arthritis specialists, especially those sort of um, immunology uh, diseases. Uh, So definitely want to check that out. Definitely want any, any, you know, issue that's nagging you for more than two weeks, you know, got to get it checked out. Find out what you have because you got to have a plan. You got to know what you're dealing with if you're going to actually address it.
0: Yeah. So it sounds you've named quite a few different ones there. It's interesting to hear that there's over a hundred different types of arthritis. Uh, Certainly when it's so easy to kind of categorize everything into a single box, it's it's mind blowing to think that there's over a hundred. And Pax, just so you know, and, and some of you may, anything with the word itis on the back of it just may, basically means inflammatory or inflammation. And so these are all inflammatory issues in the body. And most, most importantly, and most commonly in these joint areas, you know, we're talking lower back, hips, knees, feet, neck, fingers, and, and so forth. And that's typically where people feel those aches and pains. You mentioned osteoarthritis, you mentioned rheumatoid arthritis. You briefly kind of talked about rheumatoid arthritis being an autoimmune disease. Is there any presentations that are different between osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis that maybe somebody can identify?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, osteoarthritis tends to be a, an issue that is more common in um, weight-bearing joints, like the hips and the knees. Uh, base of thumb is another one. Um, you tend to feel your osteoarthritis pain at the end of the day, after a day of, of movement, that soreness. Whereas rheumatoid arthritis, you tend to wake up with hot red joints, um, particularly hands and feet. And osteoarthritis tends to be in, you know, a knee, a hip, the thumb, you know, it's a, localized place, whereas rheumatoid arthritis, it's both hands, both feet, both knees, hips. When somebody tells me both my hands are really sore and red, that to me says, yeah, you better go to a rheumatologist because you know, the chance that it's something like rheumatoid arthritis versus an osteoarthritis um, is much, much higher. Uh, with rheumatoid arthritis, you may have low grade fever, Uh, You may actually have some weight loss. Again, your body's at war. Your body is, is is fighting itself. And so that drains a lot of energy. And so that's why you may, and that immune system is fired up and that's why there may be that, that low grade fever. So um, those are definitely some of those signs uh, of rheumatoid arthritis versus, versus osteoarthritis.
0: Gotcha. So Uh, one, uh, I didn't hear you mention it, but it it is one that, uh, is a surprising, uh, for a lot of people to learn about is juvenile arthritis Mm -hmm. or something that's affecting kids and babies. I think I looked up a stat, uh, just kind of looking into this, that over 300,000 children and babies are affected with arthritis. So can can you kind of delve into a little bit of that and what we might be able to look at as parents, uh, uh, how we can help our children?
1: Absolutely. So kids get arthritis too. Like you said, it's a surprising number. There are more kids with uh, arthritis than you know, uh, uh, cystic fibrosis. More kids with uh, arthritis than muscular dystrophy um, or sickle cell. Um, so it's a more common disease than you'd think. Um, it tends to um, uh, you tend to see it. Um, you know, a when they're you know toddler years, we will hear a lot of families say things like my child was walking and then they stopped, right? Um, It it also may start to happen around the teen years as well. Um, And folks will often associate that with growing pains. Um, But if your child is having, or sports injuries is another one that tends to mask. But if your child is having, because um, um, pain in, in joints where you see a lot of inflammation, a lot of redness, um, pain where they are not able to, um, you know, participate in sports and gym class like they like they used to, um, definitely you can start with your primary care. It's absolutely, you know, appropriate, um, but you may, you know, ask the question, you know, is this, could this be arthritis and could this be juvenile arthritis? Because though that disease is more like the rheumatoid arthritis, it's not the same disease, but it has a lot of the same presentations and a lot of the medications are are the same, and um, you know it's really important to get a diagnosis and get uh, the right medical care because the treatments that we have um, are much more effective. They're not a cure, but much more effective, and you can prevent a lot of disability. Um, that um, with with proper proper treatments, you know, like I said, when I started with the foundation, I would look at like these arthritis camp Pictures we had of, you know, we actually have, you know, camps where kids can get together with other, and there would be like in the 70s and 80s, and these kids, you know, half the kids would be in wheelchairs. And now you don't see that so much anymore because of the medicine is so much better. Um, not to say it never happens, but it's much, much more rare, um, and it's because of getting a diagnosis early and getting the right medical care.
0: So if we suspect, you know, arthritis, whether it's in ourselves or family members, children, whatever. You you mentioned kind of getting the diagnosis. You mentioned going out to these healthcare uh, facilities and and providers. So, what are um, some of the diagnostic tools that they're using and some of the management tools that they're using?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I think it's really, really important that, that the first, the best diagnostic tool is you bringing it up because you know, most guys, most guys don't love going to the doctor. I, I, I don't either, right? It's, it's a drag, you're out of work, it's a long time. And what happens is you you may have some pain and it's episodic and, you know, you think about um, uh, finally scheduling a doctor's appointment and you get to the to the waiting room, you get to the doctor's office, you're waiting for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you're waiting in the second waiting room and you're waiting there another 20, 30 minutes. The doctor finally gets there and you're like, I got an email stack and I got stuff to do. And the doctor says, well, how are you feeling lately? And you're like, I'm okay, right? I, I'm doing fine. And the reality is, is that for three weeks, you were having nagging pain in a shoulder, in a knee, and the doctor will say, okay. And what do they do? They put on the blood pressure cuff, right? They're gonna check your, they're gonna check your heart. They're gonna check, you know, for ca- cardiovascular. They're gonna check your weight. You know, they're gonna be looking out for diabetes. They're gonna be doing, you know, maybe some skin checks. They're looking for cancer. But if you don't make a point of talking about your musculoskeletal, talking about your joints, no fault to the doc, but they may grade you know, glaze over those symptoms and say, you know, I'm having knee pain just about every other day to the point where I need to ice it. Or you may know the guy that takes ibuprofen twice a day and he's been doing it for a couple of months. Well, you're setting yourself up for maybe a a, a bleed in your stomach, you know, and it it happens. My father-in-law ended up in the hospital and it is asymptomatic. You may think I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And to the point where you're, you know, puking blood, you know, and, you know, 16,000 people a year die because they are, think it's okay to take ibuprofen every day. <laughs> and it's not, you know, talk to, you know, that if you need to, if you need to take that much Advil, you need to talk to your doctor about your joint pain. Right. And I think it's so, it's just ibuprofen. It's not a big deal. You know, there's a reason it says on the bottle, you know, if you take this for more than seven days, tell your doctor, because the doctor may say it's fine, you, you know, but I want to know about it. Right because they don't want to sneak up on you, right? Kidney, liver, or the guy who takes an Advil every day and has you know, three, four, five drinks every night. Now you're really putting yourself at risk for some of those GI issues. Um, So just be careful um, and bring it up. And so what the doc will do is they're gonna put their hands on your joints, right? They're gonna feel, they're gonna do some passive resistance. They're gonna feel like, does it hurt when I move your joints? Because if when, not when you use it, if you're moving your joint and you feel it, it's more likely soft tissue, but if the doc is moving it and you feel that grinding, that's more likely on your arthritis. Now, the reality is, as we'll get into this, that the treatment options that we have are limited, um, but there are things that you can do to manage your arthritis pain. Now we do not have, with rheumatoid arthritis, there are drugs that sort of, that make that immune system sort of cut it out you know, stop that disease process or really, really limit it. But with osteoarthritis, despite what any claim you've seen on a a bottle, you cannot regrow your cartilage. You know, one day, I I hope so, and some regenerative medicine is promising, but we're not there yet. Um, Again, I think there's some really cool things happening. Um, You may have seen some things about, you know, regenerative medicine, you know, on a billboard or something like that. And I think that there are some interesting things being done. Um, The Arthritis Foundation is a fairly conservative organization. Until we have a little bit more evidence, we're not really ready to say that, yes, you can regrow cartilage. Yes, you can, you can, you know, kind of make yourself new again. Right now, um, you know, that's just, just not on the table, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. You brought up a a couple of really good points and and one being, and and really important is that idea of this masking. Uh, You know, as a chiropractor, I see tons of people coming into my Mm -hmm. office with joint pain, neck pain, back pain. And, you know, and and, in many instances, arthritis is part of that clinical paradigm that they're experiencing. You know, they're having these aches and, and pains when they're getting up in the morning, when they're moving around, sometimes it's been there for years, sometimes decades, and to your point, what majority of people are doing are simply just kind of self-medicating. They're taking something on a daily basis to mask it. I love the idea or the the reality that you brought up about uh, even maybe having a couple of cocktails at the end of the day because oh man, I'm just right. I'm beat and my body's just sore. And 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 unfortunately, we do it long enough, we we start to normalize that mm-hmm. and we start to act like, oh, okay, that's just kind of how it is. I'm just getting older. It's just right. kind of part of my paradigm when in reality, you're only putting off the inevitable, which is, you know, more serious issues down the road. So very good points. Uh, as far as rheumatoid arthritis, uh, you mentioned autoimmune system. And and just for PAX, just so we're clear about that, that is when your own immune system system begins to attack your own body and in this case usually the synovial fluid Mm -hmm. in the joints that start to break that down and and so part of the treatment is medication that helps that immune system kind of slow its roll It, it decreases its ability to to fight or destroy those cells but you also talked about the possibility of adding prevention because at some point uh medication, there's always a time and place for, but mm-hmm. when we really want to see uh, improvement, maybe and prevention from getting worse. So what are some of those roles or things that someone can start implementing, whether it's just osteoarthritis, or even rheumatoid arthritis? What are some things that we could be doing as an individual to a maybe manage what we currently have, but more importantly, prevent it from getting worse or even developing it in the first place?
1: Absolutely so a lot of the strategies that that we talk about for managing arthritis and preventing arthritis are a lot of the things that you'll do um, to prevent heart disease and prevent diabetes you know um, so it's good it, because there's one plan right there's the one thing that you need to do is to keep yourself in in good physical shape and that means doing the things that um, like, being active, right. Getting, getting enough physical activity, keeping our, keeping a healthy weight. Um, I'll say, so, uh, it's important to, um, work on not gaining weight and, and getting down to, uh, um, a healthy, a healthy weight, um, eating, eating healthy, you know, um, the arthritis foundation, you know, we, we get asked about diet all the time. You know, what is the arthritis diet? And, you know, honestly, there's the, 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 there are lots and lots of studies about you know, diet, um, some better than others. Um, but a, you know, a Mediterranean diet with lots of, lots of vegetables, lean protein, healthy fats is the one that tends to, 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 to go to the top of the list. not to say you can't have success with other, other diets, but you know um, a traditional um, uh, plate when I, I usually say if you look down and you see a lot of colors on your plate, you're usually doing pretty good if you look down and it's all gray or you know all brown. You know it's all fried and gravy. You know you're usually not as healthy as a meal. So this is a general indicator. You know and not too much. You know again with with eating, you know and keeping a healthy weight. You know um, we know I know that I'll never outrun a bad diet. Right? I am I am post all the time, but if I eat garbage, you know I will gain weight. You know it's so just just you know practice those. Push aways, right? <laughs> it's a great exercise, um, but also doing things that we, we get to, you know, specific to packs. You know, do the exercise right, not fast. You know, you know that <laughs> I see a lot of guys that race to the front, doing poor form push-ups, poor form squats, and they get you're getting nothing out of it, and you're hurting yourself. You know, <laughs> so you know, don't worry about being first. It is way more important to do an exercise properly. Um, or if you need to modify, if you're having, you know, constant shoulder pain, you don't have to do the push-ups that's putting you in agony. You know, is there a different exercise that you can do? I know where I post, no one cares if you do a different exercise as long as you're trying, right? So do something else. And if you think, well, I don't know what how to modify. This is a great play great time to check in with someone like a physical therapist, right? You know, and ask them, say, you know what? I've got, you know, mobility issues. You know, we've got some guys that can only lift their arms, you know, this high, or maybe can't squat all the way down because of knee arthritis, you know, you know, talk, you know, people ask, you know, where can I get some modifications, you know? go go to a physical therapist or check out a credible website like maybe ACE, you know, American College on Exercise or, um, you know, the American Physical Therapy Association. They've got great, you know, videos and examples, but I always recommend talking talking to an expert about those things. Uh, so again, um, those are the best things to do. And don't, don't forget about uh, sleep, you know, don't forget about stress control. Those things all add to, you know, poor health, inclu- including including joint health.
0: Yeah, and I love the idea and the reality that when it comes to gaining health, there's really kind of a baseline approach as far as what helps with arthritis also helps with heart disease, It's also helps with, you know, cancer prevention. And, and really, at the end of the day, if we just kind of have that mindset and strategy with all that we do and eat. Yeah we're really kind of setting ourselves across the board for incredible yeah. health long-term. Yeah.
1: And you've got your, your strategies like, you know, ice and heat and compression and rest, and you can use bracing again. You know, if you pull a brace off of C, you know, off the rack at CVS, is it going to be helpful? M- maybe, but you might want to talk to a doctor or physical therapist or another, um, a healthcare professional about, you know, the getting fitted for a brace, you know, um, you know, and things like uh, anti-inflammatories be helpful? Yes, they can. But again, under a physician's care, you know, uh, cortisone injections, again, yes. Um, but something you have to be careful with because you can't, you know, keep injecting a joint over and over again. You're going to have a lot of, there's a lot of long-term issues that can result from uh, overuse of cortisone. Um, and then ultimately surgery, you know, that is something that some folks are sort of, um, have to go down now. Um, the general recommendation that used to be in the old days, they would, you would have a, you know, kind of wash out a joint, sort of like just get rid of the sediment, you know, there they would be sort of a uh, the type of surgery that you wouldn't replace it, you would just sort of clean, clean it out. And they really don't recommend that as much anymore because they find that you know, long-term that it doesn't really have a lot of, you know, really, you end up getting it replaced in a couple of years anyway, and just waste money and time. Uh, but always, you know, always check with your, your doctor, your surgeon may have a different approach. So um, talking to a sports medicine doctor, talking to a physical therapist, talking to an orthopedic surgeon, you know, even if you think you're light years away from it, getting a baseline and understanding where you are with your rejoin pain, especially those hips and knees is not a bad idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, and all, all good advice. And you, uh, you mentioned something about that surgery as far as the quote, quote, quote clean out or wash out yeah. and people fail to remember or, or understand that any type of surgery can create some kind of inflammatory response or scar tissueing. And, and right. if you're going to kind of cut it, and you're not yeah. going to replace it to something new to your point, a lot of people find themselves years later, just going and getting that surgery down the road. Uh, As a chiropractor, I obviously see lots of people with joints and and back pain, and we talked about that briefly earlier, and, and I've seen those failed surgeries, you know, Mm -hmm. firsthand in my office, a a patient will come in and they're battling this and they'll go quote, quote, get their knee scoped or, or whatever. And initially, yes, they may have some relief and they may have some improvement, but a year later, 18 months later, certainly 24 months later, (laughs) they're always kind of back to square one, unfortunately. And uh, had they just maybe a got a full surgery or B maybe been a little bit more proactive with some of the other lifestyle modifications and, and, right. and to your point you mentioned at the very you know at the top of the show was this idea that extra weight on our frame wear and tears our system down and you know challenges that you know been posted on the podcast previously is you know wear a weighted vest all day take it off and kind of right. notice <laughs> the difference about how much strain is on the system sure. And, and the reality is you can tell firsthand that just 10 pounds uh, makes a big oh, for difference. Sure. So, so losing that is optimal. And we talked about the fact that arthritis being inflammation. And so you mentioned the diet. Um, Mediterranean diet certainly gets a lot of uh, promotion being anti-inflammatory. It has a lot of the omega-3s in it which seem to be anti-inflammatory. And then just, I want to piggyback on that because some of the most pro-inflammatory foods that we can eat is refined sugars, Mm -hmm. uh, poor poor choices of fats, um, uh, vegetable oils in many cases can be very pro-inflammatory. So Pax, if you're kind of designing the diet, those fruits and vegetables and clean sources of meat and so forth, are really what you're going to want to stick with and stay away from those very high inflammatory foods, because that can make a big difference. I'll have patient come in, you know, with an acute back spasm and, and discomfort. And of course, we're going to do our manual manipulation aspect of healthcare. But if I don't also educate them on some kind of dietary approach to their problems, then I'm failing them. And those that do go home and then follow that, it's amazing how much faster they feel better. And I'm sure you probably see that in the arthritis arthritis field where people that are making these dietary changes alone can see radical change with their health and so forth. You mentioned medications, which obviously, um, you know, time and place and can be very powerful. Have you guys identified uh, other forms of natural nutrients that you have seen work for individuals when wanting to approach bringing down the inflammation in the system? Uh,
1: again, like you said, that, that approach of eating, uh, you know, whole foods, clean foods, um, eating the, you know, the, the right types of fats and limiting the refined sugars, you know, um, what I, we, we, t- we tend to talk about balance. Um, You know, there are a lot of folks that will come up to, you know, email me or or something and say, well, you know, I've heard the cherry juice is really, is is an anti-inflammatory drink. And I think, well, yeah, cherries are, you know, anti-inflammatory, yes, but if you think you're just going to drink extra fruit juice, you know, and think that it's gonna magically, you know, clean out your, you know, or, blueberries, or, you know, the, the you know, kale, or all of these things are good for you. But if you, you, you can't just add a new vegetable or a new fruit and think, you know, I've done my work here, you know, that that's not, <laughs> you have to have, yeah, add it in with, you know, add it in in your smoothie or add it in with your, you know, have that instead of cake for your dessert. you know, have blueberries. Yes, that's a much better choice. But, you know, we, we haven't, you know, um, folks, what the media tends to do is overhype a particular food or a particular diet approach and say, oh, this is the new miracle cure. And and it leaves people disappointed. It, it really does. And, and so I would just say, you know, just like we we practice is that, you know, as long as you're making minor improvements over the long term, that's a big improvement. Don't don't try to leapfrog to success with a special food or uh, you know, a quick fix you know, exercise, but it's that daily discipline, right? The daily discipline of I'm um, getting up, I'm working out, I'm making a healthy choice every meal, right? To don't, you know, um, you know, say no to, you know, uh, that, you know, three o'clock cookie or whatever it is and and either put it down or pick up carrots instead. You know, those. it's a much better approach than um, just trying to like, um, find that one food or one, you know, Um, you know, miracle cure, Uh, you know, even with some supplements, there are some supplements that can be helpful. Um, You know, we get asked about this a lot, you know, glucosamine uh, chondroitin was very, very popular, um, was a a huge uh, thing about 10, 15 years ago. And can it be helpful? You know, there are some studies that it says it it can be a little helpful, but you've got to do all the other stuff that we've talked about first. If you're not exercising, you're not sleeping right, you're not eating right, and You think you can take glucosamine conjoint and it's gonna fix your joints? No. But if you're doing all of the things, it might help you five, 10%. And that might be worth it, you know, for you. And it might give you that extra, you know, give you that a little bit more relief and maybe helpful, you know, with some joint cushioning, terrific. But if you think that you can, you know, skip all the, the hard stuff and maybe try CBD. Maybe you try it. You know, maybe you talk to your doctor about it. You're gonna try turmeric. You know, those are some other things that, that come up. Can they be helpful? Depends. Um, you probably want to try it. Try it for two weeks. See if it makes a difference in your life. If not, you know, then maybe it's not for you. So, you, you know, nothing. There, there is no miracle cure in the rainforest that we have found yet, right? We, we have really hope so. There are some things that can be helpful. But you've got to do you've got to do the basic stuff first before you can kind of expect results from some of these other other therapies.
0: Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that is so on point. Uh, I think as a society, we want quick fixes. We want somebody to fix us yesterday, and, and we really don't want to take that responsibility that is ours, which is ensuring that we are healthy. And uh, things like boswellia and turmeric and curcumin and all those things that people claim are really helpful, may do some good. Yeah. But to your point, if you're just kind of throwing something good on some on, on something bad, in other words, I don't change yeah. my diet, I'm still right. stressed out, I'm not sleeping. I, no no amount of natural nutrients yeah. is going to make a big change there. So I love the the reality that we have to take it, that ownership.
1: Expensive urine is what yeah. you're making. Well,
0: you know? that's exactly right. <laughs> so is there any... Uh, websites, any online resources that you would like to kind of turn people towards if they are, yeah. have more uh, questions know, or concerns I mean, about
1: arthritis? Certainly selfishly, the arthritis foundation's website, you know, we do, we do talk, you know, I, I think as even as a fairly conservative organization and one kind of scientific rigor, we do have a page on supplements. We do have a guidance on CBD. Um, we do uh, talk about, you know, diet and recipes. So you can definitely um, check those out. Certainly, the American College of Rheumatology, the, the orthopedic surgeons, the American Physical Therapies Association. You know, those are um, great uh, areas. And also, if you're into really into the food, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I, I, I want to make a food plan. Registered dietitian. You know, my, actually, my M. You know, she she was one of these folks that just said, I want to get my diet right. I want to get my diet right. And she went to a registered dietitian. And it turns out she wasn't getting enough. She's a vegetarian. She wasn't getting enough protein. And she really started focusing on protein first. And it made a huge difference. She felt more full. She started losing a little bit of weight. So I think sometimes the obvious answer is the right answer. You know, when it comes to food, go to go to an RD. You know, you can, you can, most insurance, you know, we just pay to, simple copay. Um, and even if you don't, um, they're not super expensive, uh, to make a and basically made a, made a plan, make a plan and two or three visits. And now she's, she's on her own and has a much better understanding of the types of foods, you know, she wants to put on her plate and it's, it's just been really helpful.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I love the idea of getting professional help. Obviously as a professional myself, uh, I find that people, accelerate their health when they kind of get that information right. first and coach, right? That's yeah.
1: right. We can't I, do I, it on our own. You got, you, know, you can't work out on your own. You can't, you know, you need, you need community and everybody's good at something. And so find your expert and it could be, could be your, you know, your chiropractor, or it could be, you know, uh, your pharmacist, you know, there are lots of smart people, you know, ask, ask questions, you know, ask, ask the, ask the, the guy, ask the packs that, is fit. You know what are you doing? You know what are you eating? You know I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you. You know, um, you know, oftentimes or what doctor do you go to? Or you know if you had knee pain, what who would you talk to? You know sometimes those guys right next next to you doing jumping jacks is you know can really help you at least get one step closer. You know that's that's why F3 and community is so important. When we try to do it all by ourselves, it's stressful. It's overwhelming um, I, I know I don't have all the answers. And so look to your left and look to your right and and you might find somebody to, to help you out and it helps them to help you. You know, that's, that's that mutual support that feels good. I help somebody and they help me and then, then then you can help someone.
0: I love it. Well, Wild Turkey, you, you supplied tons of great information today. Uh, so just, couple of closing questions here you, you mentioned a lot of tips and tricks and things around arthritis and this next answer can include some of that or it can be completely yep. different as far as overall health and wellness but you know what would be three tips that you would give a sad clown or a PAX that's kind of <laughs> floundering on their health uh three things that, that they could do to get started on their hunt for wellness
1: uh, i would say um set a goal set set a smart goal set a short-term goal you know, I think we always set a goal, like I want to be in optimal health, but that goal is not very helpful. I want to incorporate more fruits and vegetables in my diet. Okay. We're getting there. I am going to make sure that I eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day for the next month, right? At least five times a week. So maybe you don't get it every day, but most days of the week, I'm incorporating those fruits and vegetables and I'm gonna check in with myself at the end of the month. That's a goal you can hold yourself accountable to, right? Set those same types of goals around your fitness. You know, I want to to be more fit. That doesn't mean anything, but I'm gonna post three times a week for the next month, right? That it's a goal that you can hold yourself accountable that you can check off on a list. So set a goal, right? Um, and then find a shield block, find two or three other guys that, you know, that you can say, Hey, if I miss a workout, you know, text me, you know, or I'm going to text you like, we're going to hold each other accountable. So finding that community, finding somebody that can support you as you go forward on that goal. And I think the last thing is just, it's okay to fail, right? You know, even if you set a goal and that first month you, you drop the ball, life happens, That's okay. That's what we learn in the gloom. Pick yourself up, reset the goal and go after it again, but don't give up. Those are the things that I would say set goals, have accountability and and don't give up.
0: I love it. Great, great tips and to help anybody along any aspect of their hunt for wellness. One final question, but before I get to that, I just want to take a few seconds here and acknowledge you say, thank you for a your willingness to come on the podcast and share your expertise around this topic that is often overlooked and sometimes forgotten. Uh, Thank you for your dedication to this foundation and the work that you've been doing to kind of help uh, not only those individuals that are suffering with it, but I'm sure tons of family members and, and, you know, the, the other people affected by that disease. Um, so anyway, thank you for that. And I appreciate oh, it. Pleasure. Is there anything that um, or any way if someone has a follow up uh, that someone can maybe contact you? Do you have any uh, social oh, sure, media sure. that somebody can follow you on?
1: Um, I'm on Slack, I'm on the national F3 page and, uh, and, and locally, but you can definitely email me to an end turkis at gmail.com. I'm sure you're will in the show notes. But yeah, uh, folks have questions about arthritis or resources, I'm definitely happy to, to help out and share.
0: Awesome, appreciate that. So my final question is this, what is your definition of wellness? Oh, man.
1: wellness. So my definition of wellness would be uh, a community of individuals working together to improve um, each other. So wellness is not just about you being healthy, but it's contributing to a community through that collective action so that's what i love about f3 is that we're working together right we're working together to help not just move improve ourselves but by helping myself i'm helping the, those guys on the left and the right of me and so so let's all keep getting out there and keep being healthy
0: i love it man thanks for being on the show thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.